So welcome to another episode of Small Doses, potent truths for everyday use. You know, just trying to give some thoughts to things that we're dealing with, that we're thinking about, that we're we're experiencing. Now, some folks don't like to admit that they have experienced this. And especially guys don't like to admit that women are living this entire life, as we have learned from the bevy of straight men that are just so butthurt over Spike Lee's She Gotta Have It. They're just, ugh, up in arms. Why are they doing this? Why are they showing women behaving in this fashion? Well, newsflash, it is not new, and many of us have called it the hoe face. <laughs> now listen, not everybody goes to their hoe face, right? Like, this is a fact. But a lot of us would say that going through said hoe phase can be very liberating. It, it is also like very, um, it's very experiential in finding things out about yourself emotionally, mentally, physically. And it is really like a right that women have not always had. A lot of women have not had the opportunity to have their whole phase. I mean, it's only been recent that women have had like this sexual liberation and we are still continuing to encourage, you know, sexual confidence about amongst women. And so it's been shunned on. It's been shunned for for some. I personally feel like whatever's clever for you is great for you. So if if you don't need a whole phase, fine. But if you do, then we gonna talk about it right here, right now, today. Let's get into it. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. We're dropping on these hoes. (sighs) So we're going to start off with a gem dropping that I hold very near and dear. And it is sex versus intimacy. Now, here's the thing. Some people are probably listening and they're like, I mean, how is that like a versus thing? Like sex is intimate. Yes. In the physical sense, you know, there is something to be said for sex being intimate because I mean, it's body parts and sounds and moisture (laughs) and you know, like no one likes that sound. It's terrible. And the idea is that it's two bodies coming together. That doesn't typically happen. So there is a certain intimacy to that. Okay. But in this definition, when I say intimacy, what I am referring to is not just a physical exchange. I am referring to the emotional exchange attached to that physical exchange. And that is not always the case with sex. Now, some men like to argue this and be like, no, that's not the case. Like women always attach emotion to sex. And I will be the first to inform you. No, we don't. Because for some situations, the only emotion is I want to have sex with you. I don't want to really talk to you. I don't actually like you. I'm afraid that you're probably going to say something that makes me not want to have sex with you at any moment. So please don't say anything. Listen, y'all, I was talking to somebody and in the middle of the conversation, they were like, well, I just think Stevie Wonder is overrated. I can't sleep with you now. Why would you say that? 
Stop it. And that's the thing. A lot of guys don't understand that, like, we as women have the ability to just have you on our agenda, which is our sexual agenda that you are a bullet point on. And that doesn't always mean that, like, we want to like you and build a relationship with you. Sometimes it's like Pokemon. Collect them all. And as long as you're being responsible and you're being upfront about, you know, what you're here for, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. On the other hand, when there's intimacy involved, intimacy is the emotional exchange that happens when you are providing. Intimacy is the emotional exchange that happens when sex is not just physical, but when there is actually like something greater behind it. And there are pheromones that are released and endorphins and dopamine and, you know, these things that are attached to that chemical uh, explosion of when you quote unquote like someone or even in the best cases love someone now where it gets confusing is that some people are confusing intimacy for sex and vice versa I can say that that was something that I had to learn the hard way, you know, because a lot of times there have been situations where as women you think that you're going to get intimacy from somebody by sleeping with them. And that person may not be feeling the same way. That person may just be having sex with you. They may not be having the chemical, you know, volcanic, you know, Indonesian volcano explosion that you're having inside. They're just having it like on your back. Um... But the reality is that when you do misappropriate that and you do position it incorrectly, a lot of times that's where the heartache comes from. That's where the frustration comes from because what you're doing is you are improperly compartmentalizing what is going on. And it's important to, it's an, and it's an important distinction to make. And I always tell people like you have to know, at least try to know like where people are coming from when you're having these exchanges because it, it will save you from disappointment and it helps you uh, manage your expectations. When you learn the difference between sex and intimacy, you're, you're able to make better decisions about who you're engaging with and why. And when you are in a state of confusion about those two things, you prevent yourself from the power of educated choice. And a lot of times that's where the shame or the regret comes from when you sleep with somebody and then you feel bad about it after and you're just like, damn, like maybe I shouldn't have done that. And it's a lot of times what that is is because you thought you were getting something out of it that really was never there to begin with. And the shame and the regret is the realization that, you're not going to get what you thought you were going to get. And it's a disappointment. And then you get disappointed in yourself because you didn't peep that before it happened. And you really can't beat yourself up about that. All you can do is learn the distinction and learn the difference and start to read the signs and start to be able to see like what is what when people are approaching you in certain spaces and also know that for yourself. And sometimes that means just not having sex until you get a clear distinction of what that means so that you're no longer setting yourself up for the frustration, the regret, for sitting in the shower, you know. You don't want to be sitting in the shower listening to Sarah McLaughlin. You don't want to be that broad. You do not want to be the one sitting in the shower listening to the entire Mary J. Blige My Life album. She was on heavy drugs, wearing black lipstick, and in an abusive relationship. And if you're relating to that, you know that you got to take a second for yourself. And so I really try to tell, especially young women, that... 
you know, sex ain't a game either. At the end of the day, like, I mean, this is related to everyone, to men and women, et cetera. But as a woman, like, if you are having sex with men, you're receiving something inside of your body. And sometimes if you're not well-versed in what that is, what happens is the dick touches the heart. Y'all, once the dick touched the heart, you can't come back. It's penetrated. It's pierced it. Okay? It's pierced it. It's left a mark. A dent. And you over here trying to be in the body shop, getting rubbing that dent out inside internally, trying to get it out. And it's just like, bang, 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 bang. And you don't even know what's going on. You got to create an impenetrable force around your heart when you are just trying to have sex with somebody. Because once the dick touches the heart, you have entered a space of intimacy. And if that intimacy is not requited by the other person, it just ends up being sadness and loneliness and at the end of the at the end of the day disappointment so we want to make sure that we know the distinction between sex and intimacy sex is a physical exchange intimacy is an emotional exchange via a physical connection and if that's what you're looking for make sure you're clear about it All right, it's time for another edition of DMT. Oh, my DMs are so thorough right now. These are some wonderful questions, and I'm going to take my time. I'm going to take my time with them, y'all. All right, so this first question. How does one navigate the whole phase with grace without coming out scarred and beaten and possibly with an Amazon Prime account? <laughs> How does one stay winning? Just asking before I consider jumping into my whole phase, especially after seeing too many sisters jump in and get fucked up trying to get out. So this is interesting because I, it depends on like what you consider winning, right? Like I think like there's absolutely women that fall into the hoes be winning like thought process, which is like as long as I am the one making the calling the shots and making the choices, then I'm winning, whether it means using my body to acquire these things or not. Listen, that's a certain brand of feminism and it is what it is. I personally am somebody who's a little more prude and, you know, I'm not really trying to use my body for gains um, because that's also... Because I don't like owing people. And I definitely don't want to have to owe you with my body, let alone owe you with my dollars. Right? But that's one thing. And it is my podcast. So, I mean, I guess it is just assumed that it's my opinion. However, there is something to be said for the fact that, in my opinion, when I say winning and how do, she asks, how do you stay winning? To me, winning is about, like, staying in... I don't want to use the word control, but staying in a space of truth for yourself, staying in a space of clarity. That is what I would consider being able to be winning in your whole phase, where you don't feel like you're being conquered, where you don't feel like you're being used, where you don't feel like you're being taken for granted. Like I think in the show and the movie, she's got to have it. For the most part, why people, especially women, like identify or, or look up to or, you know, are inspired by someone like Nola Darling is because it seems like she genuinely is in 
uh, full clarity and control of her sexual expression, her sexual confidence, and how she wields that amongst these different individuals. And for, listen, the the reality of the, the matter is, is that for centuries, and in many cases still currently, women have not felt like they had that power over their own bodies in this patriarchal society. So it's when I say, you know, Hosby went in, I, I feel like the way that you stay winning is by staying in clarity and sureness and in control of the decisions that are being made with your body and not letting that get overpowered by the male gaze or by using your body to acquire uh, wants versus needs. I think that that gets a little hazy as well. Some women might argue with me. Somebody's listening right now like, you can't tell women what to do with their bodies. I mean, I'm on my own podcast. I can say whatever I want. And I'm not telling anybody to do anything with their own bodies. But what I am saying is that you have to know and be making the choice yourself in order for you to feel like you're winning. Next question. Okay, this next question is just phenomenal. I love y'all. Y'all are so just smart and insightful and just, mm, 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 mm. Okay, so this question. After it's over and you don't want to be a hoe no mo, spelled N-O apostrophe M-O, you ready to lay it all on the line for one, but you don't even have a one. What do I need to be doing in this downtime? Other than the cliche, get to know yourself, blah, blah, blah. Like, what do I need to be looking out for, practicing kegels and <laughs> and dick-ups to get in shape for a real relationship? Help me out here. <laughs> so it's interesting that you say, like, other than the cliche, get to know yourself, blah, blah, blah. Because as cliche as that may sound... There's nuances to that that I feel like people overlook. Like, there really is a reality to the whole getting to know yourself thing. And it's not just about, like, you know, doing... It's not just about, like, going to yoga and meditating. It's really just about, like, being real with yourself about, like, your flaws, what you bring to the table. And a lot of us, especially I feel like women, we absolutely be thinking we're bringing a whole lot to the table because we are basing what we're bringing onto the, what we're bringing to the table on the limitations that have been pl- placed on us in the past. So let me clear that up. We have lived in a society that for a long time has limited women to, like, being domestic. That's what you are about domestic and a baby maker. And so there's a lot of folks that are still kind of like in that brainwashed mindset of like, well, I'm a catch because I can cook and I can give head. And it's like, we are at a time where evolution is happening. Thank goodness, especially in the woman's space. And you should be working on bringing more than just that to the table, because those are the limitations that were placed on you by a society that didn't want you to be more than that. So now that you can be more than that, like you should be exploring like, well, what else am I for myself and also for this other person? And that requires more than just like your physical body and more than just like what you can do for them in terms of like the domesticity space. It also requires like you to look at like your emotional intelligence, you know, and a lot of us like are immature emotionally. A lot of us haven't had the opportunity to be real with ourselves and real with our upbringing and look at the traumas that we have faced and deal with how we bring those out to other people. And when we face those things, 
we get really like down into the gut of ourselves. And that's what getting to know yourself really is, is really digging all the way in and being like, why am I like this? And you're not going to like what you find a lot of times. You know, you're not. But when you do that, you, even if you can't solve it all, you have shown a proclivity. Ooh, proclivity. You have shown a proclivity for solution finding. You at least are seeking out solution. You are at least courageous enough to go there. And that is a key element, in my opinion, of being able to have a real relationship. This is coming from somebody who is not in a real relationship. But because I'm doing the work, I know that when that happens, I will be ready for that. And, you know, so my homegirl, Lauren London, and I, we always, like, text each other. We, like, we always tell each other, pour into yourself. Pour into yourself. Because you are a vessel. You know, and for the women out there, like, you are a vessel. Literally and figuratively. And you want to continuously be pouring into yourself with information, with knowledge, with insight, with love. And there isn't enough of that happening in the world, and there isn't enough of that happening with ourselves. So while you are in transition from ho phase to ho no mo phase, it's not a blah, blah, blah thing to get to know yourself. Should you be doing kegels? I mean, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> you should be masturbating too. That's another thing. Like, don't think that you got to, like, shut the whole factory down just because nobody's there operating the, <laughs> operating the conveyor belt. Like, you still got to get yours because I personally believe the whole world would be a better place if everyone woke up with a nut. Next question. Amanda. Woo! This one is directed directly to my whole face. During your hoe phase, were you into one-night stands? In my hoe phase, I had so many. I miss them. <laughs> Hilarious. So, interestingly enough, I have tried more than once to have a one-night stand, and every time it's never lasted as just a one-night stand. Like, it ends up being, like, a seven-year relationship. <laughs> like... Like, literally, this has happened, like, three times. Or it was like we tried to have a one-night stand and they just, like, couldn't make it happen. Like, they couldn't get moving to make the motion. And, you know, in those moments, I look up at the universe and I'm like, you were looking out. Like, you just did. That wasn't for me. And so you just made it not a possibility. But it's interesting that you say that you miss the one night stands because I'm curious to know like what you miss about them. Do you miss just like the just like the craziness of it all, like the friskiness of it all, the freeness of it all? Do you miss simply just like the in and out like a robbery, you know, and those strings attached and just not having to like be um, worried? And, you know, I think that's the other thing, too. It's like a lot of women, it's like. It feels so liberating when you don't have to be thinking about a dude. Like sometimes, like I was literally in the parking lot at the grocery store the other day and I was like, oh my God, no nigga can make me cry right now. There's not one nigga that can make me cry right now. And I was so happy because you're just like, in the same time that you want a real relationship, there's so much that comes along with that in terms of like your investment and it's it's dope, 
but it does take a different energy from you. And I feel like when she's saying like she misses the one night stands, it's like because you're still getting this like sexual physical exchange that releases like positive, you know, ions in your body, but you're not attached to the stomach hurting confusion, uh, worry. It, it is he going to text me? Is it going to happen? Is it? Is it? And then when it does happen and you're like super excited, you look at yourself in the mirror with disgust. You're like, why am I so excited that this man is texting me? Who even is this man? Is he fighting white supremacy? I mean, what, what are we really doing? You know, who is this person? Why am I giving them so much reverence? I don't know. Is it just me? <laughs> so, no, to answer your question, I did not have uh, one night stands. And, um, you know, it is what it is. That's the beauty of a hoe face. It's like a snowflake. None are the same. Next question. These are incredible questions. Can a 35-year-old virgin have a successful hoe phase? Is that corny to start now? I mean, listen, <laughs> you never had it. So, no, I think you should start it immediately because in our 30s is when women are at their sexual height. So you about to miss out. You know, you're about to miss out. Listen, it's all about when you are emotionally ready to do, you know, what you want to do. That's the thing. And that's why I was saying, like, some people never have a whole phase because, like, that's just not their stilo. You know, like, I don't think my mom ever had a damn whole phase, you know, but... For me, like, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to my whole phase when we get to, to, to uh, we'll get to my whole phase when we get to that one time. But I will say this. No, it's not corny. In my opinion, it's about learning yourself. And if you feel like you're at a point in your life where you're ready to explore yourself physically and explore the, you know, interactions that you have with other individuals physically, then they ain't nothing corny about that. What that is, is living in your truth. And that is always something that I will, you know, commend and I consider to be laudable. The, the, the question becomes like, are you truly ready? You waited this long to have sex. Why? You know, what was the reason behind that? Because that can let you know if you really even want to go forth in this fashion. Don't feel like you got to have a whole face because everybody's talking about it. That's never the move. You know, don't ever feel like, oh, well, everybody else is doing this. So I guess I'm supposed to. No, it's just that the fact of the matter is that now it is happening and it's being talked about because it never was before. But if you are 35 and you're ready to get your snatch snatched, I want you to go out there and do it. Here's some tips. One, always pee right after sex. You do not want to get a UTI. Two, always slap some water on that thing after sex because you do not want to get a yeast infection. And condoms can rattle up the cage. And also, penises have a different pH balance than your vessel, okay? So it can go up in there and just discombobulate things. I always say this. Men have the Tonka truck of reproductive organs. It goes up, it goes down, voila. Women 
Ours is like an erector set. You put a screw in the wrong place and you get screwed. And listen, vaginas are very pesky. They're always running away from you. It's like a kitten in a garage. You're just like, I can't, I can't ever get a hold of it. It's always running. This cat is always running. It's true. Every time you think you figured out your pussy, some new shit happens. And you're like, what is this? I don't even know. Why, is, why am I wet at 2 in the afternoon at a gas station? No one has these answers. Well, someone does, but I'm not a physician. The reality is, is that there's always going to be new things. And once you introduce sex into your life, it also adds in new levels as well. You know, the other thing is the myth of the orgasm. Do not think that just because you have sex the first time, you're going to have an orgasm from a dick. It is not necessarily the easiest thing to happen. I know in my case, I only orgasmed from a dick because I was with somebody who had made it their business to figure out how to make me orgasm. And he only did that because he was not paying rent. Okay? So that, in my opinion, was how he decided he was going to provide his worth for staying in that apartment. It is what it is. <laughs> um, so those are my tips for if you do decide to start your whole phase at 35. Pee after sex. Wash up. And when I say wash up, I don't say, I'm not saying use soap. You do not need to use soap on your vagina. Okay? That is how you get yeast infections. That is how you get all type of other stuff. You literally can just take some water and wash it out and you're good. Also, always make sure to find out if you are allergic to spermicide. I learned that the hard way. I don't know if there's any other way to learn it, uh, but it was like fire ants were trying to build a home in my vaginal canal. I paused so that you could feel my pain. And the the engineer and my assistant are looking at me right now with with looks of of fear of uh, of support. <laughs> and Emily is grabbing her pearls. She's wearing a tank top. She doesn't even have pearls on, but I I I know the motion. I know the motion. So, please Listen to me when I say these things. They're all information that not only should you receive, but that all of the former hoes and present hoes are listening to and shaking their heads and saying, yes, bitch. Yes. So typically we just answer like two or three questions and we keep it moving. But there were so many awesome hoe phase questions that now we're going to do like a quick rapid fire round. Okay, here it goes. Is it a phase or is it a lifestyle? When I'm in a relationship, I'm loyal. But if I'm single, I have sex with whoever I want, whenever I want. Does that make me a hoe? No. And let's be real. Nothing really makes anyone a hoe. Like, hoe is a word that was created by men to, like, shame women who want to have sex freely. And at the end of the day, if we want to, we can reclaim it and be like, you know, I'm changing the word hoe and I'm taking ownership of it. We can do that. But know that what it is is that when you are with somebody you're loyal and when you're not you enjoy having sexual relations with people that you're not in an intimate exchange with and that's cool too next how long does the whole sorry how does the whole phase affect long-term relationships does all whole activity need to be disclosed to a long-term partner i.e the magic number well Listen, the operative word in this question is need to be disclosed. Absolutely not. You don't need to tell nobody your whole history. You only need to disclose things that are going to affect the relationship. Like 
do you have herpes? You need to disclose that at a certain point. Do you have an issue with sex because of having some sort of negative experience in the past? Like, you need to disclose that. You need to disclose if... I personally feel like you need to disclose if you're still cool with people that you slept with because I know that I don't like finding out after that, like, I was sitting next to, you know, Jamila, and you was fucking Jamila, you know? And it's not like I need to know because I'm worried that you're going to sleep with her again. It's just kind of like a courtesy thing. So do you need to tell everything about your whole past? No. If you want to, that depends on who you're telling to and why. That's the key. Why? Why do they want to know everything? Is it because you guys are having an emotional, intimate exchange and you're just learning about each other? Cool. Is it because they want to judge you and they want to determine whether or not your vagina is preserved enough for them? Get the fuck out of here. No. Next. All right. Last question. Can your honus be deleted? Can you control alt delete them decks? <laughs> if so, how? And should you even want to delete something that has made you the person you are? That is a great question and a great way to end the DMT section. I personally do not think your honus needs to be deleted. At the end of the day, we are all evolving individuals in the best case scenario. And you reach certain points in your life where it's not even that you don't necessarily want to be in the whole phase anymore. It's just that it doesn't serve you in the same way anymore. For me, I'm at a point in my life where the frivolity of the whole phase is no longer giving me anything of positivity. It's no longer giving me energy. It's no longer giving me sustenance. I call these dudes Twinkies at this point. When it's a dude that, you know, may fulfill a sweet tooth, but doesn't fulfill any actual nutritional value. That's a Twinkie. Now, remember, in your 20s, you can eat way more Twinkies because your metabolism is moving and grooving. But then once you reach a certain age, you're like, oh, I can't get away with eating those same things because my body doesn't react to them the same way. Well, that's how I felt for me in terms of my transitioning. Like, the things that were serving me in my 20s and in my whole phase, so to speak, didn't ser don't serve me now in the same way. And so but that doesn't mean that that past didn't happen. That doesn't mean that I have to not acknowledge it. I agree that you absolutely shouldn't necessarily turn something off or say that this didn't happen. I think that it's imperative in our growth as ourselves to embrace everything that has happened, whether positive or negative, and acknowledge the role that it has played on your journey to wellness and on your journey to being a well-adjusted and well-meaning, well-intentioned and well-serving person in this society. So, you know, you got a number of flags you're going to wave throughout your life. Put that whole flag right up there in the Rockefeller Center of your existence. Let it wave. That freak flag. Pledge allegiance to it. Okay? And keep on moving. That's been DMT's. Ooh, this was a good one. I felt like I grew in this one, right? Right? So y'all know that my segment, People I Like, is where I just interview people I like. Yes. <laughs> I like to have things very literal. And the best part of this is that that can go in like a number of ways, but it's always great when it's someone that I actually like know and like. It's helpful. You know, it's not just their work, but them as a human. <laughs> yes. And today we have such an individual. Y'all, 
Let's give a, a small dose of welcome to Miss Dewanda Wise. Hey, everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, people, if you don't know, uh, Dewanda has had a, you had a fantastic last year. 2017 yes. was kind of major. It was pretty. It was pretty ridiculous. You had ridiculous. your own Cardi B 2017. I did. I had it on the low, though. You know, Cardi is it B on the low out. if you're on television on three different? I know, but people don't really know that. They didn't really. They didn't really. That's why it's put own... one and three together. Well, that's what Akin is. That's what Akin is, and that's what I like to do. Yeah, you know I mean, um, but yeah, no, the third one was crazy, and here we are. But third time's a charm, right? Right? Like I feel like people are like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. we see Dewanda, and we can't wait. What came first? Shots, Shots fired, fired or? Shots fired, then Underground came out no, first. Underground came out first, yeah, right? Yeah, so Underground first. came out first, mm-hmm. and you was giving us full Geechee accent. Right. <laughs> full Geechee accent. I was like, oh, here we go. Everyone was like, that's not Caribbean. I was like, it's, it's not, not Caribbean. Correct. You're welcome, American history. It's not Caribbean. It's not. We are in South Carolina. <laughs> and I think a lot of people don't know this, South Carolina... Geechee is a whole part of the color. Didn't anyone ever watch Gullah Gullah Island? Um, they should. You should just go back. I mean, that and Daughters of the Dust, that's all we've got. That's all we've got. That's I mean, Gullah Gullah Island used to film across the studio from us, mm. from my brother and me. <laughs> yes. The dad, here's some trivia for you guys. The dad on my brother and me, his son, was the son on Gullah Gullah Island. Did you hear that? That's major, guys. Ooh. Major. Let's all go to Gullah Gullah Island. Gullah Gullah. Gullah Gullah. And we're back. <laughs> um, so tell me this. Okay. Okay. Now, a lot of people may also not know, but your hubs, uh-huh. Alano Miller, uh, probably most well known for going to high school with me. I think so. Um, yeah. I think that's probably like his biggest accomplishment, right? If it's not, it should be. Yeah. I think it's only second to marrying you. Yes. And why, why was your high school so lit? Like, why y'all out here so hard in these streets? <laughs> if y'all can see my face right <laughs> Dr. Phillips High School is the greatest high school of all time. We also just won our first football championship. What? Yeah. Yeah. So we're still lit. You like, got artistic scholar athletes? The, sin. Huh. Sin. Huh. Noted. Uh, and so just, you know, for all my Dr. Phillips High School listeners out there, I'll just give you a DP. Ah, uh, DP. <clears throat> so, yes. Uh, I like to point out to people that, like, our roster is crazy. Yes. But this is about you. Oh, yeah, right. Hi. Uh, when when we have Alano on the show, we will go... We'll go there. We'll go real deep. We'll really delve in. <laughs> but, so he was on Underground. Mm-hmm. You joined the cast. I crashed. You crashed the party. I did. You crashed did. the party. And we do that a lot. He crashed. Shots fired. You know? Yes. We're just kind of chronically around each other. It's, it's how we roll. But is it like a... You're able to pull folks in, or is it still like audition process and it just full audition process? Please let people actually, know because people are still harder. asking me. It's actually more difficult um, because it's a bigger fight, you know. Like, <laughs> I guess we're going here early. So it, you know, white folks do it all the time, and no one ever has a problem. It's never with too it. early for that, it's, right? It's it's here we are. You know, it's it's that kind of like. Oh, let me hook somebody up, and no Nepotism. one questions. Yeah. yeah, no one questions it. You know, it's no almost one expected. Gives, it's it's expected. You know, it's like built into the system. But um, we still, people of color, don't feel as empowered to do it. On one hand, you know, like when we're in positions of power, we don't realize yet that we're in positions of power. And then on the flip side, it is legitimately just, you know, Misha was given a lot of static. 
Um, and she had already seen my work. She like was on set for Shots Fired. Um, and I taped for it. And then I had to, we drove the four hours to Savannah so that I could, you know, have my director session with Anthony Hemingway. I mean, I went through more for Underground than I did for Shots for She's Gotta Have It. What? Yeah. I did more for Underground to prove myself um, for Underground than I did for my series regular job. Wow. Yeah. It was too much. I mean, I'm glad. Hello. Hello. I love I love playing Clara and I will do anything. Let me be yeah. clear. I will do anything. I will fly anywhere. I will drive anywhere. Mm-hmm. I anticipate always being that kind of artist. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's we gotta you gotta stay. You kind of gotta you know. It's like speak, being being that this episode is called the whole phase. Yes. When it comes to being an artist, you do have to have a certain willingness mm-hmm. to be available of and of service. <laughs> of service, which people don't expect. It is, it's definitely like, you know, this weird confluence of like ego. You better say confluence up on this podcast. I mean, you know. <laughs> it's almost like you went to NYU it's or something. It's almost like I'm educated. Um, but no, it's this weird like mixture of uh, of ego and also just straight up humility and yes willingness to be like no 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 whatever what do you need Mm -hmm. what more do you need and it's not going to take anything out of me to give you that because the gains are so far yeah and also because we're boundless Mm. you know you don't have any like there's no loss of creativity no no one's sucking anything out of you the more (laughs) try dating actors I know you're married to one, but he's a rare case because, you know, these actor fools really be acting like... Some vampires? Oh, my gosh. They're trying to suck it out of you. The Life is being sucked out of them every day, Dewanda. <laughs> it's, it's a little... Every it's a day. lot of victims. They're so... They're tired. Victimhood. They're just tired. tired. They're always tired. Your Insta story on that was so fucking funny. I got to tell you that whole story off the story. <laughs> Shit. I just... You know, I had a dude tell me that he could not come to my one-woman show because he had two meetings that day. I'm sorry, what? And he was tired. tired. You're too tired to watch me stand on the stage Here's for my question. an hour and a half Here's by my myself. Here's my question. If it was your show, would you have made it? That's always... If it was another meeting, would you have been there? If you had an appointment where you had to cry for an hour, would you be present? Hallelujah. So... But they, that, they're like, that's work. Yeah. And the difference is that they're not looking at women as something of, of value. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And then, which leads us to this whole phase, mm-hmm. because I feel like there's almost like an unending whole phase going on right now. Mm-hmm. Like, well, let's talk about She's Gotta Have It, because okay. in She's Gotta Have It, Nola is very against the concept of, like, being considered a freak. Right. Would she be against the concept of the whole phase? Um, you know, she doesn't like labels, so I'm sure she would be, like, very anti that phrase. Um, but I... What about Duanda? I mean... (laughs) 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 I will say, I will say, you know... Even if it's not for yourself, do you consider it to be a legit thing? Fuck yes. And why? Okay, um, first of all... A legit thing. I think the inverse, when I think about what like the opposite, right, of a hoe phase is, um, this kind of tendency we have towards self-censorship, 
Mm. Um, this thinking, this fear of like what other people think of us. Yeah. Um, the irony of our like American prudishness. <laughs> it's 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 you know it's really bizarre, and I feel like I was really privileged because I you know my mom was a teen mom, grandma was a teen mom, great grandma was a teen mom. Um, but that is to say, she was my mom was super lax when it came to um, you know judgment. Honestly, it was like mm. my mom's very much well friend mom, and Got I just it. didn't grow up with the fucking shame. I just didn't grow up with the shame. I didn't grow up with the like, oh, you know, like my body. And I'm really, I'm really, clearly it's paid off. Clearly it's gone somewhere, you know, to play a character like Nola. Yeah. Um, But I just don't think, one, I would not have discovered. I had a list. Like when I met Alano, I had this like nerdy, that works for me, that does not work for me. We all had that list. We all had that list. Where did we get that idea to make this list from? I have no idea. Oprah? Somebody was making a, you know, you know who it was? (laughs) You actually have a person? Chili. Chili had Chili had a show on VH1. Oh. And she had like made this list. And I remember it was like everybody started making this list of like, this is what I want. And because her list was so egregious. Yeah, it was it like. Was, it had like 62 items. Oh, no, no, no. Mine and was like 10. I'm at four now. I'm at four. Four things? That's it. That's it? Four. Oh, girl. <laughs> but you know how. But wait, 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 wait. Is your so mine was like things I need to want to stop fucking around and just dating recreationally. Okay. Right? Things I want and then things that would just be a lot of does the laundry. That's not something that I I need it. But but it's great. And you do smell Danny Fresh. I told you when you came in. I the door. know. Yeah. It's really nice. So I just, you know, I feel like a lot of boys. all that to say, I would not have felt like I'd known myself well enough to construct such a list or mm. to to be like oh that works for me that doesn't work for me if i didn't have you know a very extensive dating history an illustrious accomplished <laughs> diverse see that black trunk right there <laughs> that's my illustrious accomplished diverse dating history hey and i just in you know, photos I, all the photos it i is. don't i have I have zero feelings about it because I, one, I don't have that thing now as a happily married lady where I was like, oh, I didn't sow my royal oats. I'm looking at that coming to America. <laughs> sow your royal oats. Yeah. So I, you know, I have literally have zero regrets in that regard. That must be super nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's satisfying. Because I feel like that's not the case with some of the married folks I know. Ooh, me neither. And it caused rifts mm-hmm. and chasms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, and then, like, I've had people, like, you know, so we, on the show, we have a segment called DMT where we answer questions from my DMs. Mm -hmm. And so someone was asking, like, does the whole phase ever end? You know, like, and and do you have to reveal, like, the truth of your whole phase to your partner? Did you ever, like, run down the past? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it because you felt you needed to or did he ask? Oh, or did you offer it up? We were super transparent. And then, oh, here's a story for you guys. Because Alano has, like, like, a very bland Alano has the most bland. I'd like feel like I know Alano's you do. history. You do know <laughs> like, Alano's history. Like, Alano, FYI, everyone, was definitely a serial monogamous. 100%. And he was in like three relationships. Yeah. Yes. Before we met, three. Alano was so straight laced that like I slept in a bed with Alano in high school, no. like as my brother, <laughs> like that, like as my brother. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, like someone he went to undergrad with was like, 
she she came up to me and she rolled her eyes and she was like, I'll tell you one thing, Alano is loyal. Yeah. Like it was an inconvenience <laughs> to her life. Like she was disgusted. I wonder who that and disturbed. I feel like I know exactly who know. that was. You... I can't stand it. Yeah. She would say some dumb shit like that to you. Ooh. Because once you said undergrad, I'm like, wait, I went to the same school as well. Yeah, I, <laughs> like, I know. You know who that is. Mm. Um, we had, this is what happened, y'all. There was somebody who I slept with, I'd been with, and Alana and I were dating. It was like, we, the boring story of our marriage is we met and got married in like three months. But we're on like month two, I want to say. And this person's around right? This is crazy. This person's fucking around and Alana was like, he was like, I don't know. I just like, I have this feeling. My husband's clairvoyant as fuck. I can't lie. I can't get away with anything. There's no bullshit. There's no like, oh, step. There's no, you can't. You can't with Alano. He's, I kid you not, the motherfucker's a little psychic. I'm sorry, I cuss a lot. And Never apologize for cursing He on this was show. just like, I, I had to tell him. Like, I had been, you know, I like little white lighted. I was like, oh, we dated, but nothing happened. Okay, but stop. But he kept Why did you white lie it? it? But why did you feel the need to white lie it? I mean, because for all our transparency, it was still like somebody, a visual. It was a visual he had. They right there. They were right there. Yeah, yeah. And... I'd already known at this point that he had a thing. Alano has a huge thing about being cheated on, right? Okay, Cause, yeah. Because mm-hmm. the women he yeah. dated before me yeah. ain't shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Putting it on a podcast, <laughs> y'all ain't shit. <laughs> Orlando! <laughs> but he was, you know, he was cheated on. And and so he could mm. just like, I was like, no. It was kind of a like, a dis- you know. I just, I don't, I still don't, I still remember that night. We stayed up all night. It was a 90s R&B song. We cried in each other's arms. Oh my God. It was really beautiful. Mm. But yeah, no, I, he knows, he knows all the shit. Uh, it makes him laugh now. You know, we're eight years in. Right. Makes him laugh. He's just like, can you stop running into motherfuckers you dated? Please? Please? Yeah, I, um, I, I found a- myself in a home recently. What? Where there were two men there. <laughs> They were living in that home. <laughs> and I was like, huh. Huh. Hi. Hmm. Hello. The thousands. <laughs> the two thousands right here amongst me. That's so great. <laughs> like, and, uh, that I, and I wondered, do they know? One knows about. Right, because dudes don't actually Yeah, because one was a boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then years later, mm-hmm. one was not. One was not. Yep. It's not very important distinction. Yeah, yeah. Because both a great time though. Ho face. Hey. So I feel like the people that have had the biggest issue with she's got to have it mm-hmm. have been dudes who are uncomfortable with her ownership of her sexuality. They're so uncomfortable that like something I got off Twitter because I'm too sensitive because I didn't want anybody talking about my double A titties. I didn't want your double A titties are great. I think so. But I was like, you it's don't, not like you have you teats. Don't, you don't own them, so I don't care. Listen, about... your boobs don't look like post-it notes. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> Even if they motherfucking do, you're welcome, okay? Um, but yeah, I, some, you know, from the beginning, before Sorry, the show. I'm still thinking about post-it note titties. Post-it note titties. Because like, you know when a post-it note, like when you roll it back and now it has like a curve to it? Oh, yeah. I feel like that could look like oh, just yeah. like a flap. Like a little titty. Yeah. Listen, mm. they're mine. Um, but this guy. There's that. This dude was like, I mean, many, but one was like, guys, you know, what do you say? Issa and Nola Darling aren't goals. Um, and first of all, they're fictional characters. Ta-da. First of all, fi- fictional, fictional television characters. Um, glad we're impacting you, though, in a way that feels real. And I do think that for what it's worth, like, in black culture, we absolutely personify our fictional characters way more than other cultures do. Oh, yeah. I feel like we, like, it's, like, like Claire Huxtable is a real person. She is. She's, like, a historic, she's a historical figure. It's true. Like, it, I didn't know the difference between... until maybe high school that's like real to the point that like if you ask someone for for a picture of malcolm x many people will show show you denzel Denzel Washington. washington that's fair that's really that's astute yeah um but yeah you know those conversations were happening before the show dropped those conversations those like comments were you know you could look at spike's comment section on instagram and see that people were like men we're like, we don't need this <laughs> example. Because it's also indicative of the fact that we're like chronically grasping for role models. There's that. And, Absolutely. And, you know, and considering the whole person, um, the thing, I think there's a lot to glean from the experiences of fictional characters. There's a lot to take away from Nola that's actually really interesting and mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, a lot of permission um but yeah men were i mean but she's not for y'all she's not she's not and i feel like that's what the whole phase is it's like you have different phases of when you're for different people yep you know and like she's at a phase where she's not she's absolutely not interested in any of that i don't know if she's she's somebody who doesn't seem like she would ever be for any of those people because yeah. i'm not even in a whole phase and i'm not for y'all neither I know. you know yeah. like it's just i'm just not because what the root of that is really just uh, a, a domineering patriarchy. Mm-hmm. That's really what's at That's the root really of that. what's at the root of it. And can you ever really be for that? Nah. Nah. <laughs> that, that one time. time. <laughs> so on this, that one time, I would love for you to tell us a story of what it is like to be the wife of Alano Miller or even just what it is like to be in a marriage and having to decide, you know, and choosing to do a part where a woman is very free mm-hmm. with her sexuality. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's not something that dudes can even deal with when it's like in your past. Right. Let alone in your present in a fake world. Right. So you told me that Alano has told this story mm-hmm. on a podcast, which he now has. gives you Gives clearance. me permission. Gives me permission. I'm not being the decent wife that I call myself. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, you know. So you get the you get the the breakdown. I get the breakdown. We know what the movie is. Are you excited when you get the breakdown? Did you know it was coming? Um, I'm not excited. I don't I don't process excitement, though. So that's that's not saying anything that I wasn't excited. Got it. I was like, who's who's writing it? Who's in the writer's room? I had all the questions. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
I was like, wait, what? Right. How many episodes do they want to do? Um, so, you know, but I got it and I was, I feel like I caught wind of it years ago. Right. Like I remember when it was like at Showtime or something or. It was kind of It was in the ether. Around. It was bubbling. Um, but I had always said like, I want to play icons. I want to play icons. You know, I want to play yeah. like these, like the women you don't forget. And we only yeah. have, you know, zero of them. It's, I was going to say it's the number so, is negative. It's negative. We're, we're in a deficit. Um, so I got the appointment and, you know. Alano, I feel like I first got it and he was like, pass. And I was like, but you didn't, but you didn't even. Okay. All right. Well, um, <laughs> and I won him over in five minutes to like, just at least let me, let me tape for it. Just, yeah. Just let me tape for it. No big deal. Nothing's happening. You know? Um, so I taped for it. And then inevitably I had a director session for it. So for those who are not in the the biz, the business, can you give some background on like okay, once you tape, when you say you self tape, that's right. like you're putting yourself, right? You're auditioning. That is the first step. It's either like in person with the casting director or you know in your home under some dope lights, right? Um, so I'm in my home under some dope lights, and also backstory. Yeah, because what were the sides? Also backstory. They were from the first episode, so okay. essentially the sides were almost verbatim to the film got it for anyone who's seen the show yes or the movie and the show you know that um but also backstory just for anybody who has that whole like overnight success mythology thing going on i got the appointment because all the writers in the room had seen me a play like three years before in new york downtown theater paid me two dollars was one of the best plays i've ever done and read nice. in my life. Um, and then Spike had seen me in a film that Alana and I produced called How to Tell Your Douchebag. Yes. And she was like black feminist blogger in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of like, that's the setup, which I think is important. It is important. Because yeah. I feel like people think that a lot of times that you just kind of like stumble into a room. Or you're walking down the street. And it's to die. like you. I choose you. I feel you. <laughs> I can sense your You're stardom. My muse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, no. nah, nah. That sounds nice. Um, so that's that was the setup. I had you know people already kind of. My, I had allies. Um, so I taped for it. I have my director session. Um, I was incidentally in New York over a weekend for another show, like for PR or whatever, and I met Spike on a Monday morning. Monday morning in the fall. 2016. The air was crisp. The air was crisp. The leaves were red. But it was still warm, um, mm. which is that bait and switch. So I met him and, you know, I'm I'm auditioning and Spike likes to test you a little bit. So he would do this thing where I'm like doing the monologue, director dressed the camera and he'd be like, cut! And and I was like, you're not this. Are you? Why? Why, why are you I'm doing this? I'm uncomfortable with that. Cut. We on set? Oh, you trying to act like we on set. Oh. Um, so we got along immediately. Okay. We the same. Because not everybody gets along with not Spike. Not everyone gets along with Spike, but Spike reminds me of my grandfather. Okay. He likes to like, he likes to test. Trying to rattle you. you. He likes to rattle you. And then, I mean, he's definitely, he can, he can smell fear. He can definitely smell fear. Um, and in that context, I had none. So, you know, we met, we kind of hit it off. And then I didn't have all the sides. Why not? Um, why would you have everything you need? Why would I have what I that needed? That would be too easy. To succeed. Yeah. Mm -mm. You know? 
why would anyone want to set me up for success? That's why? not a thing that happens, guys. Stop expecting it. So, <laughs> so we're sitting outside and he just goes like, we're talking about getting out of my contract for shots fired. We're talking about how the schedule overlaps with underground. So I'm not actually available. And then he's like, you know, he's finding all these things as like, this is, this feels impossible. Mm. Um, but here you are. Um, so you felt after that session, like this is mine to lose. It was clear. He, I mean, he, he's, he's also very transparent. He was like, do you, do you want to do this? So once he said, do you want to do this? I was like, oh, maybe I should talk to my husband. Of, maybe I should uh, talk and did he, to and him about it. Um, and that's when Spike, reading my brain, was like, how does your husband feel? Um, I didn't cry exactly. <laughs> Ex- exactly. I didn't cry then. I didn't cry at that moment. Um, what made you cr- like... Because you knew he was going to have an issue? Well, you know, it had been like um, sex scenes had been a recurring. It had, To be honest with you, it had been the only conversation of our marriage. Like huh. we've been broke. We've had my brother came to live with us. We've had all the quote unquote stressors that yeah. people say would make or break a marriage. And didn't none of them phased us. The only recurring difficult conversation Alano and I have ever had was about being a pretty girl in Hollywood in sex scenes. The only one. So this was literally like the thing. And is it that he fears what others are going to try to do with that? Yes. He very much well, one, it's, it's a confluence of things. One, growing up, you know him well, right? So one growing up, how he grew up, like super duper, I mean, relative to me, I'm from Baltimore, relatively bougie. There was an element. He did not grow up bougie. I know. He, he is tells from me that. Tangelo Park he, and he Carver tells Shores. Me that he's now, from Carver Shores. Yeah, he's not. He tells me that now, but when we first met, like the description of his life versus the description of my life was complete. But his mom was very, what will people think? Yes, because but that was more the fact that she's West Indian. Like she's from exactly, you know, because yeah. he is from Carver Shores. There is so nothing funny. bougie happening in Carver Shores oh, right now. Oh, that's good. He'll be so happy you said that. Yeah. <laughs> the only bougie he's just thing trying happening... to compete with me for street cred, and I'm like, why are you doing nah, this? The only bougie thing happening in Carver Shores right now is someone like wearing Gucci slides as they ride a bicycle. Oh, he's gonna be so happy you said that out loud. Yeah, nah. I mean, it's just it's what it is. Y'all, he wants to be down so. He want to be down. And yeah, no. Like, if anything, I'm bougier than Alana in that respect, and I'm from the burbs. I'm from the <laughs> I'm from the bottom of the burbs. Like, you know, like that. I'm from a side street. Because in Orlando, there's real bouginess yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. It's very Orlando's very interesting, um, ain't it though? But he was, you know, it's a it was a confluence of what will people think. Um, ah, a little bit of uh, he'd been, you know. Every every relationship he'd been in, he'd been his trust had been broken. I bring this up though because this is a show mm-hmm. where you're not in romantic interactions. No. So I feel like that would bring to me mm-hmm. that would actually ease it 
the concern a little more. Yeah. It's not like you're Jon Snow with Egret and you're and we're staring at each yeah. other to each other's eyes. You're going in caves surreptitiously to skinny dip, yeah. you know. That's the conversation actually that we had once it became once it became apparent that Spike is relentless and was not gonna let me fly into the night. Mm-hmm. Um that is part of the conversation that we had, honestly. It was like part of it was like this isn't I mean, we're gonna have to get graphic and talk about what this is and what this isn't. Right. You know? And what I think also part of his fear was there's a difference. There's a very clear and marked difference between the film and the TV series. Yes. There's far more like, it's really not about y'all. It's really not. It's not. Like, it's about Nola. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in that respect, though, I feel like there's way more... There's way more dispo- there's way more exposing of bodies right. on, on behalf of the mans. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, you're welcome. Shout out to lyrics, booty, booty. <laughs> Specifically <laughs> to the booty of lyric bent. Yes. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, that was part of the conversation. Um, and it was. It was just, you know, it was a conversation. So I I was like, okay, bye, Spike. Um, haven't talked to my husband about this yet. <sighs> And what's funny is, because a lot of Sagittarius and very complicated, I got back to Savannah where we were filming in Savannah. And I was like, yeah, you know, I walked away. And he was kind of like, he looked at me like, well, I didn't tell you to do that. Because when you say walk away, like, what do you really mean? Like, you were having the conversation with Spike and you just were like, I got a jet? I said, I said, you know what? I can't do this. Oh, you flat out said. No, I said, I cannot do this. I have not had this conversation with my husband, and I don't think our marriage could withstand this. See, I thought you were just telling him, like, I can't do this conversation right now until I talk to my husband. No. You flat out said, like, I literally said, you turned it down. I turned it down, and he was like, I understand. That's when I cried. I was in the office, and I was like, I can't. Oh. And he was like, it's okay. I understand. I'm sure we will work together. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It Oy. was like that. This is why y'all, this must be why like I'm still single so that I don't like have that. to do and this. All my, and all my friends, especially my single <laughs> friends were like, girl, you were grown. <laughs> they were like, that was the response. They were like, you are, you are mature. Yeah. Okay. You were. You are a grown well, married lady. And you and know what? I, let me tell you something. We do our work. Like, we are artists to the fucking core. Yeah. Our work matters to us, mm-hmm. you know? And that being said, it's like, I still feel like, but I respect the realities of life beyond just that. And like, it's if I'm in too. connection with with people, mm-hmm. like, it matters to me to like still get up with my friends in spite of yes, work. Yes, absolutely. It matters to me to still like talk to my mom yes. and travel with my mom and like in spite of work. And in terms of dudes, like, I feel like I can find a space mm-hmm. in a way that isn't mm-hmm. necessarily always like considered yes. on the other side. Right, 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 right. But. I feel like a lot of folks with the whole phase, they'd be like, it's great because I don't got to worry about nobody. I don't have that hanging over the shoulders. Yeah. Which is fun at a certain point. But then I think there's also something beautiful in what you're talking about because I would love to care enough about somebody where I walk away from Spike Lee. And I cared enough about, you know, and I vacillated. I had like four days where I was going between like, I'm so grown and like, (laughs) and faithful. Like, I believe that there will be another opportunity. (laughs) You know, I'm not giving into this like mythology of lack, 
you know? Yeah. And and looking at him like, fuck you, I hate you. Right. <laughs> you let this fake ass ho face show <laughs> get in the midst of our relationship and you didn't even let my real ass ho face get in the fucking in the way exactly. of our relationship. So I kind of like, you know, it was like bouncing back and forth. And then I got a text from Spike who got my number from I was going to say, that's a funny sentence. Exactly. I got a text from Spike. Exactly. But I said it, you know, it was Saturday morning. I was like, Alana, I got a text from Spike. And he just looks at me and he goes, of course you did. And that was it. We had a huge ass conversation that Saturday. A conversation or argument? Conversation. Yeah. I don't, I don't argue. I'm like, are trophies being won? <laughs> Are there medals? Are there medals? Is there a placement? Is, there... <laughs> Is this televised? You know? I'll argue for that. I'm... <laughs> I'll argue for that. I'll argue for that. But no. Was... I would love to have you all on Smart, Funny, and Black so y'all could argue for I that. Know. Alana loves to argue. I had to curb his enthusiasm. <laughs> Debating, I will call it. He loves a healthy debate. So how did you all get to, or did you ever really get to a place where he accepted it? He never like he's just managing it. He, we've never gotten to a place, and he will never accept it. You know, I'm I'm doing an indie now, and there's this. It's the same kind of thing. It's not really like it's not loving. There's no like that energy. But he's just like I just don't like it, and I will never like it. And there's something beautiful about that. I'm like, oh, but well. you still here, but in you're spite here. of it. But you're here, yeah, yeah. And we have our like, you know, boundaries and um and little agreements and, and stuff like that. But it has, it really, it, it has, he it allowed him to get the fuck over a fear that he had. And so now he no longer has, well, he has no choice. It's fight or flight. Yeah. It is what it is. It's true. But this is a very great story about like art imitating life and life imitating art. And like Mm -hmm. the way these things, Mm -hmm. you know, interact. Yeah. Right. Because for all intents and purposes, it really is a matter of like his real life being fearful of like a fake life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of something else interjecting yeah. into his real life mm-hmm. that all circulates around this idea of women having sexual freedom. It's true. It's very and true. And what does that really mean? And what that means and how much control. Yeah. Um, you know, like where it goes. Who it belongs to. Ownership. And when he was saying what would people think, what was he really saying? Like, was he saying what will people think about our marriage or more so like what will people think about you as like a virtuous woman? Both. Mm. Definitely both. Um, How yeah. about your parents? Did they have any issue? None! <laughs> Not to one. My mom was like, my mom was like, I am Nola. And I was like, mom, you're an ordained lay speaker. Yeah. Please don't. <laughs> broadcast that <laughs> keep it keep it down um but no my you know my parents have always been insanely supportive that's fantastic um, yeah my dad i'm like uh here are the episodes you can watch <laughs> my mom still has not watched she didn't even watch season two of insecure yeah too much but yeah the episode where we're talking about like giving head yeah, yeah no yeah. she wants you're like no thanks nope. see bachelors like, are good yeah it's fine it's yeah. Fine. And I'm absolutely like It's really funny when people ask like, "Oh, Alana like, oh, you haven't seen the show." He's like, "I don't I know my wife's talented." Like, what? "Oh, he didn't watch it?" Hell no. Alana, no. Nope. 
Nope. And there is no matter of convincing, no matter of anybody being like, oh, but Alana, we know. But you're not even wilding like that in the show. Everyone says that Alano does not want to see me next to nobody. You hear me? He don't want to see me shoulder to shoulder in a spikely shot next to Ramos. He don't want to see none of it. He don't care. He like, nah, mine. 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 <laughs> mine. Oh, my goodness. Well, She's Gotta Have It is available for viewing on Netflix. Forever and ever. So, right. Whether you are uh, in your whole phase right now or not, maybe you want some tips on how to just get freer with it. Yeah. Uh, or on how to have, like, you know, full-on choreographed dances with your suitors. Whatever. <laughs> um, you know, but it, what, it, what the show does is it gives a very, I feel, full example of a woman who has taken ownership of her identity and herself and her flaws, right? And even when she, you know, thinks that she's got it figured out, she gets kind of like thrown for loops and she resets. And I feel like that's really what we should be most agreed lauding her for. Yeah. So take a look out for that. And um, you said you have, have, I mean, what else? Jesus, you're busy. I am. Is there a Shots Fired season two coming? No season two, shots fired. Um, hopefully, wink, wink. Uh, season two, for she's got to have it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wink, wink. Um, so yeah, hopefully that. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> you're not seeing the eyes like. Mm-hmm. Well, we will look out for that. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that you be everywhere. So we just need to continue to look out for you in places. In whatever wigs that I'm wearing. In whatever wigs. Yes. Just acting. Keep an eye out. Keep an eye out. (laughs) Unless you're Alano. In which case, (laughs) don't at all. She'll be home later. You know? Y'all, that is Miss Dewanda Wise. When we come back, uh, let's get into this last dose. The last dose. You don't understand. The best part of podcasts is like getting to hang out with like your friends. That's why the segment is called People I Like. It's just I'm hanging out with people I like. Thank you to Miss Duanda Wise for coming and joining us. Um, and thank you guys as always for listening. And, and your questions were incredible. This, this show, your questions were on a, another level, I must say. But final thoughts. The whole phase is whatever you make it. Don't feel pressured to have to go into the world and present your vagina to a mass amount of individuals. The same way you shouldn't feel pressured to think that you have to like share having done that with anyone unless it's a real safe space. The whole phase is literally just about you finding your own sexual confidence and every woman has their own definition of what that is and should not have to define it for anybody else but themselves. I'm Amanda Seals, and this has been another episode of Smart Asses.